Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, over to Nehemiah, the 8th chapter, and the 7th verse. And we're going to look at Judges 7.21. Two verses here that I want to just share with you this morning as we start on our message. And this is just the latter part of that verse of Nehemiah 8.7. We're going to get into it a little deeper in a little bit. But, and the people stood in their place. I said, the people stood in their place. Then in Judges, the seventh chapter, the 21st verse, it's a totally different story altogether with Gideon and uh, his 300 men that God gave him. But they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran and cried and fled. <laughs> but the thing, the emphasis I want to place, talking about the men, they stood every man in his place. And Nehemiah said they stood, the people stood in their place. Now, I'm going to emphasize something here this morning because it's important that we stand in our place. We're living in a society today where fathers are not standing in their place. Wives are not standing in their place. Amen? Uh We've got we've got a position to play. Uh, one 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 thing that's hindering our society today is because it is really literally a fatherless society. It's a fatherless society. I mean, more and more and more and more and more, it's becoming a fatherless society, and it's important. Listen, fathers, every one of you here is important. Grandfathers, you're important. Uncles, you're important. But we need, we've got to come to that point where the body of Christ can begin to stand together and stand in their place in this end time so that we can see a move of God and correct the problems that's in the world today or in society. Uh, and it, not only in society, it, there's problems within the church ranks. Because we have failed to stand for the truth. Truth is what makes you free. I'm not talking about condemning. I'm not talking about beating somebody on the head for their failures and for their shortcomings. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we need to come to that place where we can stand as a believer. If we're, if we're slack in our faithfulness to God and where our walk with God is, we're hindering other people. So we have to stand in our place. And if we stand in our place, guess what? There's going to be a move of God amongst the teenagers and the young people and, and the young adults that see your example of standing for God. And they'll want to stand for God also. It's important that we stand. Now, we're talk- these two scriptures tell the story in Judges 7. Uh, the story is written of 300 men that Gideon had uh, uh, with him. And, uh, and attack the enemy with empty pitchers with torches inside of them. <laughs> now, you, you have to look back at Gideon just a little bit and Judges. When God appeared to him, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon looked around. Who? You talking about me? I want to tell you something. God don't make no mistakes. God doesn't stutter when he talks. Amen. And he doesn't make mistakes about us and the calling that God's placed in our life. 
I appreciate Brother Hass this morning. He was talking about the gift that we have. Every one of us have a special gift from God. Every one of us have a special call. We're not called to be just like somebody else. I've done tried that. I tried to preach like my daddy, tried to preach like Brother Osteen, tried to preach like this, and tried, and you know what? I failed, fell flat on my face. Because I have a gifting God's put in me. Now I've gleaned, I've gleaned and learned from my mentors, I've gleaned from them, and I've learned a whole lot from them, and I've learned some things not to do, and I've learned some things to do. <laughs> Amen. But, the thing is, we have to realize God has that special gifting in us. And the angel of the Lord said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon said, who? You talking about me? Huh, you got the wrong one today. I hadn't had time to fast and pray for 30 days. What are you talking about? I hadn't had time to do this. or do. Listen, God knows where we are. He knows what we've been doing. Hey, He knows what you haven't been doing. <laughs> he knows everything about us. He knows every secret about us. There's sometimes, you know, you'll go to a church, and I, I know some people have come into a church where it's a lot of people, and they say, well, I'll just get in here, and nobody will recognize I'm here. And boy, that preacher just looks like he just caught doing everything but calling their name out, you know. Y'all ever been there before? <laughs> That's because God knows where you are, and God knows how to get your attention. But listen, we're, we're important to God. Every one of us are important to the Lord. Every one of us have a gifting from God. And God called Gideon, and you know, the Lord said, Gideon, I've called you. You're a mighty man of valor. I've called you. But see, until that point, Gideon hadn't really stood in that place where God wanted him to stand. But when he yielded to God, and God said, I want you to go get your men now. And then God had to dwindle that number down. He got out there and he said, let them all drink water out of the river here. And those that lap like dogs just, uh, what did he say? Huh? Send them home. Send them home. Send them, hey, how would you like to go out there? You're thirsty and laughing like a dog. You know, and get in and say, okay, go home. But 300 men, God chose them. And God put His hand upon them. And God used those 300. Now, that's not a very big army. But you see, it's, it's not the amount of people. It's the quality of people. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not against big churches. I want to see a big church. I want to see growth. How many want to see growth? Somebody says, I don't understand why we're not growing. I just don't understand what's going on here. Why why aren't we growing, you know? Uh, well, I don't know. Are you praying? Are you seeking God? Amen? Complaining is not going to get anything done. Criticizing isn't going to get anything done. Being critical... Of everything that goes on isn't going to get anything done. Nobody's going to do it the same way. I make mistakes on the piano. Sister Pat Mullen, she watches this on Facebook and she laughs every time I do. 
She told me, she said, Brother Clarence, I'm so, I, I just laugh so hard when you make a mistake. I said, I know. I know you are. I know, I know you're laughing, and I'm laughing with you. <laughs> hey, listen, we're, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You're, the only way you can be perfect is God to perfect you. And God to make you what you're supposed to be. And we have to be submissive to God and yielded to God in order for God to use us. See, every one of us have a special gifting. Every one of us have a special calling of God. And every one of us have something special to do in this church even. And God's, nobody can take your place. Amen? Now, I will say this, just like God told Esther, if you don't rise up and do what I've called you to do, I will raise up somebody else in your stead. Listen, God isn't playing games but he's also a graceful and a patient and a loving God that wants to see every one of us succeed and do what he's called us to do. Amen? But they stood. Now, these 300 men were called, and here, 300 men going against a great army of people. And God said, just get your pitchers, put torches in them. And then, when you come up on the enemy, just break those pitchers <laughs> and make a lot of noise. And they did that, and victory came because of Gideon being able to be submissive to God. And every man, the Bible said, they stood every man in his place around the camp. Every person was in their position. Every person was in their place around the camp. And when the time came, they all did what was supposed to be done. See, when we praise the Lord, it shouldn't just be one or two people. Thank you, Jesus, praising the Lord. It should be every one of us with our hearts praising God, glorifying God. Hey, you're not going to make God nervous. Amen. He doesn't pass that stage. <laughs> Amen. But you're not, you're not going to make God. So, But when it comes time to praise the Lord, God wants every person, every member of the body of Christ. Somebody says, well, I can't praise like that other person. God didn't tell you to. Or I can't sing like that other person. God didn't tell you to. Or I can't do this. I can't. My mama couldn't clap her hands up and keep time with music, but she did. I mean, she clapped her hands and she didn't keep time, but I mean, you know, she did it. But you know what? She got into the praise and worship and just, she had her own little way of doing things, you know. And she just got to going. But you know what? She, God honored that, and she stood in her place. One time she stood in her place, and because she stood in her place and did what God told her to do, the whole church was revived. And revival fell in that place because she obeyed God and was willing. It didn't sound good, didn't look good, but I'll tell you what, she did it because she was standing in her place. It's important that we get that gifting of God and be in that place that God's called us to. God's building His kingdom. I said God's building His kingdom. God's building His church. Notice why I said God's building His church. It's not a man that builds it. It's not a group of people that can decide to build it. God builds His church. God does the building of His church. Amen? Amen. The church is the, is the people. We're the church. Thank God for a facility, but this isn't the church. We are the church. We're the habitation of God. 
through the Spirit. We're the, we, this, this is who God inhabits. Where we are is the church. I've, I've seen churches that uh, uh, lightning struck or something happened and the church burned down totally. And you know what the people did? They just gathered outside. It didn't matter. You see, the building's not the church. The church is the people. God doesn't dwell in a building. He dwells in the sanctuary of the heart. In here. When you come in is when you bring the presence of God in. You're bringing the presence of the Lord in. And that's what I want to bring in. I don't want to bring in bitterness or strife or criticism or, uh, uh, you know, or, or talking about somebody, I, gossip. I, I, I want all that outside. Let's just come in and bring in the presence of the Lord and be what God's called us to be. And God will move supernaturally, standing in our place. See, all God required was this, was faithfulness of Gideon and his men. That's the only thing God required. He, he commanded the men what to do, and they obeyed and were faithful to God. See, the faithfulness is the only thing God requires. He doesn't require you to be pretty. It don't hurt to look as nice as you can. Amen? It don't hurt to smell as good as you can. <laughs> but that's not what, but what I'm saying is, God's looking at the faithfulness of the heart. He didn't ask them to fight on their own and defeat the enemy. He didn't ask them to do that. Listen, somebody said, boy, I tell you, listen, I've seen people that get in a battle with the devil, and they're wore out. You know why? Because they're fighting the devil in their own strength. You can't fight the devil in your own strength. You've got to fight the devil in the strength of God, in the anointing of God, in the power of God that's in you. And when you do that, you're not going to be physically exhausted. Hallelujah. Glory to God, because God is faithful. Everybody say, God's faithful. Now, they would not have seen the victory. Gideon's 300 men wouldn't have seen the victory had they not stood in their place. And had they not been faithful. Amen? But we've got to stand in our place. We've got to be ready for action. We've got to be ready. When they say, let's pray and intercede for someone, we've got to be standing in our place and doing what God's called us to do. So God desires that. Now, in Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, that's another verse that we were talking about where the people stood in their place. This is after they come back out of captivity, you know. They've all come out of the Babylonian captivity. Daniel and the three Hebrew children were there, and all those people were there. And they were there for 70 years, according to the prophecy that God gave them. And that's where they were. They came out, and uh, Cyrus, the king, was given permission to them to rebuild the temple and to take it and, and to do that. Well, Nehemiah had a job. The walls were also tore down. The walls were tore down. And Nehemiah had the job of rebuilding the walls. The Bible said Nehemiah went out and wept over it. When he saw the condition, he wept over it. And God began to show him what to do. And God got, uh, you know, the people had been released. And he, saw, and he saw all the work that needed to be done. And the plans were made to do what was needed. And then they acted in faith. Now, Nehemiah... Assemble the, the Bible said they assembled as one man. They assembled as one man to help rebuild. One man can't build. 
How many knows if you're building a house, you, one man can't build it all? <laughs> you got experts. You got carpenters. You, you, you guys are builders out there. You, you got trimmers. You got uh, carpet layers. You got uh, plumbers. You got uh, electricians. You got, you got all these people that, that's all part of the, the building program. But you see what happened is they have, you have to assemble as one. You got to go by the same blueprint. How many knows if you got the carpenter and got the framework up? And here comes another group in and says, well, we're going to do this this way. And then by the time you get it all done, everything's all out of sorts. And you don't even know if it's going to be stable enough to hold up. <laughs> because this, you got to, you got to get one blueprint, one plan, and one, one program. And then you've got to everybody do their specific job and be faithful to God, be committed to God, and stand in our place. Nobody wants me to be a plumber, believe me. Nobody wants to call me and say, Brother Clarence, could you come over and fix my plumbing for me? No, you don't want me to. I promise you that. <laughs> because I'm no expert in that. Now, I know you've got to put pipes here and do that and different things, but I'm just not an expert in plumbing. I'm not an expert in, in uh, carpentry. I, I, I'm not an expert. I know you've got to put nails in somewhere, you know, and do this. But you know what? Everybody's got their place and their position. And it comes out as a beautiful structure, a beautiful habitation to enjoy as home or business or whatever it might be. But look what Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. We've got to work toward the same goal. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions among you. Now, what was he saying here to the Corinthian church? The Corinthian church was in confusion because everybody was trying to speak their own little doctrine, their own little philosophy, their own little thing. And Paul came in and said, look, we've got to get together on this thing. Let's preach the gospel. The gospel. See, the gospel, it'll never go wrong. When you, when you do it God's way. Unity comes when you do it God's way. David Duplessis was called Mr. Pentecost. And uh, this was back during the days when they were trying to bring all the denominations together. Um, and and, and I, listen, I believe there's born-again believers... As long as it's the gospel that's preached in that denomination, the blood, and, and what Jesus did for us. But they were trying to get, us, get them all in unity together. So they had a big conference. From around the world, all these leaders came. And they all got in this auditorium or room, big room, and, and they were talking. And, and all of a sudden, everything was going good. And then all of a sudden, everybody started bickering and fighting and said, Well, hey, hey, you're wrong, buddy. You're wrong. I'll tell you what. I'm right. And, I, and every, you know, y'all ever been around people like that? Now, this is what I think. Anybody ever been around people like that? Every time you talk to somebody, well, this is what I think. We're not asking what you think. <laughs> Amen. But... David Duplessis was a man of God. And what he did was, when they would all get into bickering and, and fussing and, and, and trying to debate 
over what was truth and what wasn't truth. He said, let's just lift our hands and praise the Lord. And everybody lifted their hands and began to praise the Lord. Unity came. Peace came. And they, they got to working together again. And the and same thing happened again, you know. And, and he, let's just praise the Lord. I want to tell you, the unity of the body is in the Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. We've got to get in the Spirit with the Lord. We've got to become one with God, number one. And then as we're one with the Lord, we're going to be one with one another. And as we're one with one another, we're going to stand in our place. And as we stand in our place, we're going to see God move supernaturally. And we're going to see the results like Gideon did and Nehemiah did. They built the walls. Maybe Trump ought to use that for a slogan, you know, about Nehemiah. (laughs) But they built the walls. They rebuilt the walls. They had to redo the walls. They had to reconstruct the walls. They had to do all of these things because they were torn down. But Paul said, I want you to, that you speak the same thing and there'll be no divisions among you. You know what? We may all have different likes and dislikes. Some people uh, like certain meals, you know. Me, I've learned to like anything. And everything. And I receive everything with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Now, doesn't that necessarily mean that that's my favorite. But you're not going to know it's not my favorite. I'm going to like this is the best thing that I've ever seen in 39 years, you know. I mean, you know, this, this is good. And, uh, but how many see what I'm saying? We, we, we got to come to that place where we can just speak. Let there be no divisions amongst us. Praise God. I'm happy. I want you to be happy. I've got the joy of the Lord. I want you to have the joy of the Lord. I've got the peace of God. I want you to have that peace of God. And the way we're going to do it is when we realize He is the center of it all, and we have that gifting, that special thing that God's placed in us, and whatever it is, we can be standing in our place, and God will do it. You know what would happen one night if somebody come in the door? It came time for church to start. I'm just sitting over there in the living room at my house. Watching Will of Fortune. You know, and, and somebody said, well, where, where, where's Brother Clarence? Oh, he, he just, he's just over there watching Will of Fortune. He likes the Will of Fortune. Well, yeah, it's time for church. Yeah, well. <laughs> but you know why? Because... That's my place right now. How many understand what I'm saying? Right now, that's my place. I'm not, I'm not saying God's not going to bring somebody in that can't play the piano and do and do the music. But how many understand what I'm saying? Right now, that's my place, and I have to stand in that place. And every one of us have a place. And if you're not there, you're missed. You're missed. I mean, listen, 
It's important that we find out that gifting that God has for us so that gifting can operate in this body of believers and not only for this body of believers, but for the body of Christ as a whole. And we can see God begin to move. Amen? Now, the Bible said, the enemy scoffed at Nehemiah and said, if a fox goes on the wall, it'd fall down. It, it would just fall down. But, you know, there's no saying. I mean, there's an old saying that says, where there's a will, there's a way. Amen? I have found out I'm not defeated till I sit down and accept defeat. Where there's a will, there's a way. And God wants us to come to that point in our life spiritually. Don't let the devil... Say, well, you know, you're not just going to make it. You can't make it because you're just not good. You're not good enough. You're not holy enough. You're not going to have enough faith. You don't have enough righteousness. You don't have enough of all of this stuff. But listen, God is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? Now, the hour of insults arose. They began to insult Nehemiah. They insulted him. I want to tell you something. I'm not easily insulted. <laughs> Somebody insults me, I just laugh. I, I, I just refuse to be insulted. I, I just refuse to be insulted. So uh, I, I, I'm not going to let you know if you get my goat. That's an old saying, you know. Uh, I, I'm just not going to, uh, you know, but why? Because I'm not going to get, because I know that where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And the Bible says the violent's going to take it by force. We've got to get violent in the spirit world, in the spirit realm. It's not flesh and blood we're fighting against. We're fighting against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not Democrats or Republicans or who, who you think should be president, who shouldn't be president. That's not who we're fighting against. It's the spirits behind it all. It's the spirit of Satan that's trying to destroy and bring destruction and division and unrighteousness and all of these things in. But listen, that's where we've got to stand up and take our stand and remember that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. And let's take our stand, take our place in the army of God, take our place in the thing where God's called us to do. And listen, we as a church, we're not the biggest church in the area, but we as a church, we need to take our place in this community, take a stand in this community for righteousness, take a stand in this community for the things of God, for holiness, and, and take a stand and proclaim victory over this area. Amen. We ought to just drive down the road sometimes and say, Devil, I bind you in Jesus' name. Amen? Drive by places of ill refute and say, Devil, you're defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, don't be like that one little lady. You know, she's praying for this beer joint to, bear, to, to burn down next to her. It had been there for years. And all the rowdiness and the going on inside that beer joint. And she just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And she let everybody know she was praying that thing burned, burned down. And so one night, it burned down. And somebody came and said, well, sister, I guess God heard your prayers. She said, I believe in putting feats to my prayers. <laughs> well, I don't believe we have to do that. Amen.
But where there's a will, there's a way. The violent take it by force. God's people have to be armed. Look at what it says in, in uh, Ephesians. Let's just read those, those verses in Ephesians 6, 10 through 19 real quick. We have to put on the armor of God. I'm talking about when you're going to stand, you've got to have the armor on. I, I've seen some people make up their mind, I, I'm going to stand for God. And uh, I'm not going to let the devil put fear in me or timidity in me or, or uh, bashfulness in me, you know, and, and this, this, ina- this inadequate attitude in me. And I'm, I'm not good enough in attitude in me. And I'm not holy enough attitude. You, you know, we've we got to start taking a stand and say, Lord, I am what you say I am. I have what you say I have. I can do what you say I can do. Because God's on your side. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? Amen. Now, look what's said. Finally, finally, brethren. Paul's writing in Ephesians in the sixth chapter. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day, and having done all, to stand. Having done all, to stand. What we talk about this morning, standing. Standing. Standing in our place. Standing in that position. Stand, therefore. Having your, your having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Uh, you can't leave out none of these things. Take the sword which is the Word. That's our weapon. Amen? I said the Word is our weapon. Jesus told the devil, Satan, it is written. And we've got to come to that place where we've got the Word in us and say, devil, it is written. And take the Word of God, praying always, praying always. I'm going to say it again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus here, and he said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Take a stand. Get in position. Get in that place where it's called, get that place called there. <laughs> you know, be, be where God is. Be where God wants you. And stand strong and firm and steadfast and allow the anointing of God to flow through you. See, God's positioning each member of the body right now. He's positioning us. He's putting us where we belong. For this end time. For the end time. God's positioning us. God positioned me from... Houston to Massachusetts, Massachusetts to Montgomery, Montgomery to Aubrey. But you know what? We feel like every move was ordained of God. Every move was God's program and God's plan for us. 
And we were in the will of God as we moved and did what God said to do. And, you know, we're, we're, we're in God's will right here. And you're in God's will right here. And what God is saying to us, put on that armor. <laughs> Get ready. Let's stand together. And let's, let's follow, let's, uh, you know, forward march. Isn't that what Moses did to the children of Israel? You remember when they come to the Red Sea and the Egyptian army was coming up behind them, it was going to destroy them, and the Red Sea was standing there and it, it would drown them all. And, and God told Moses, why are you sitting in the tent crying? Get up and get out there and tell the people. And this is the, this is the literal, uh, the literal wording of it. it. He said, just tell the people, forward march. So he got out there and told them, he said, today, this enemy that you see, you'll see no more because God's with us. And he said, we're going to go forward. And he, let's see, he said, let's just go forward. Forward, march. And I'm sure some of them thought, forward, march. Red Seas in front of us, army behind us. I'd rather take my chance with the army and just be captured, you know. <laughs> but no, God said, forward, march. See, we've got to come to that place, and we've got to stand where God tells us to stand. And as we stand where God tells us to stand, that's when we're going to start seeing the supernatural power of God move on your behalf, because you're standing. I said, you're standing. You've got to stand for your loved ones. You've got to stand for those that are not following God. You've you got to stand and in, in, in stand firm in your faith. Knowing God's Word says He's promised you your household. He promised it. Praise God. He promised you your seed. had a preacher friend of mine. His son got rebellious and had a motorcycle. And he rode around with no helmet on or nothing like that, you know. And he had a wreck out there on the intersection just three or four blocks from their church. And they got the phone call, and the son was sprawled out on the sidewalk there, didn't even know if he was alive or dead. And he rushed over there to them. The paramedics were there trying to revive him. And brother, uh, the, my preacher friend of mine, he, he, he got over there, and he just straddled his son, and he just lifted his head up to the Lord, said, Lord, you promised me my seed would be mighty upon this earth, and they would do great exploits. And he said, Devil... You're a liar, and you're not going to take his life because God promised me this boy, and God promised me that my seed would be mighty upon this earth. And the little boy, the young man, he was not a little boy. He was probably 18, 19 years old at the time, and he just, he kind of coughed, and the paramedics backed off. He kind, he got up, shook himself off, and got and got in the car with his dad, and went back to the church. Amen. And you know what? God called him to preach. His dad's went on to be with the Lord, but he's still pastoring and still preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Because God promised him his seed would be mighty on the earth. We've got to come to the place where we get the word of God, get the promises of God in our heart, and stand. I don't care if it looks like they're not going to do nothing. Just stand. I heard a story one time where a man come in and told his wife, I don't love you. never did love you. She said, I love you. Well, I don't love you. He do that all the time. Just come in and say. Somebody said, "Well, I'd just kick his rear end out," you know. Well, no, because she knew that there was a devil that got a hold of him, and she stood, and she stood in faith, and she stood in faith, and she said, "I don't care what happens, 
And she pointed her finger at him, and she said, I'm telling the devil right now in the name of Jesus, your mind doesn't belong to the devil. It belongs to Jesus. And I'm taking authority over the devil that's trying to confuse your mind. You love me with all your heart. And you know what happened? Something snapped. And the man began to weep. And God got a hold of his heart. And he couldn't apologize enough. Because he knew that it was the devil causing that to happen. And God saved him, delivered him, set him free. And you know what? He did the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, nothing's impossible with the Lord. Can you say amen? Well, God's putting every member in the body as it pleases him. 1 Corinthians 12, 19, God set the members, each of them, in the body as it pleases Him. There's apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, helps, singers, prayer warriors, pillars of the church, janitors, doorkeepers. All those are important. How many believe that? They're all important. Every person has their part. Every person has their place. And having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. Every one of us have a different grace. A different ability. Every one of us have a different ability. And let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with the diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let's let God's ministries flow together. Let's work together. Amen. Let's be what God. Let's stand in that place where God's called us. Before you can stand publicly, you've got to stand privately. Before you can stand over a group of people, you've got to be able to stand privately and be the priest of your household and be the priest of your home, be the pastor of your house. Amen? That's, what God, that's the way God set it up. Every house, did you know every family is a miniature church? It's a miniature church. You've got your pastor, which is the father. And you got the, the mother, and you got the children that are there, and all of that's one little church that God's using. What did Joshua say when he stood up that day? And he said, it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you want to go back, go back. But we will serve the Lord. Talk about his household. Why? He was a spiritual head. He was a spiritual leader. He was a spiritual pastor of his household. And we've got to start taking a stand. Take a stand. Be what God's called you to be. Be that spiritual person. Can you say amen? amen? Well, glory to God. The only thing God requires is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is all God says. So, you know, when you obey the simple task that God gives you, He'll be able to work in your life and show you greater things. Some say, I don't understand why God don't use me in a greater way. Well, you haven't been used in the little way yet. <laughs> you know, it's pretty simple. If, if you'll be obedient in the small things that God tells you to do, then God can graduate you up and put greater things to do. But we have to be obedient to God, submissive to God, and be willing to stand where God says stand. And the only way we're going to see things happen in our lives personally, family-wise, children and in-laws and outlaws and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, well, don't, is when we take that stand.
Take a stand. I, I haven't had to do this with my family yet, but I've seen others, they had to take a stand. You know, children got old enough to where they could make their own choices. You have to take a stand. In our house, we're going to do this. Whether you like it or not, we're going to do it this way. Why? Because that's the way God set it up. How many, listen, do you think God's going to let you go up and say, Hey, God, I know you told me to do this, but, you know, I, I, I think I got a better way than what you gave me. God says, Knock yourself out. Flop. Fall. Flounder. Fail. Fall flat on your face. But you know what? The Lord's going to be there to pick you up. <laughs> He'll pick you right back up and he'll say, Now, will you do it my way? Let's do it my way and let the blessings of God come in your life as we stand with the Lord and stand for what God's saying. Amen? Look at Colossians 1, 21 through 23. You who once were alienated in enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he's reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, Grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Then Paul said in Philippians, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And then to reemphasize Ephesians 6, Verse 11 through 13, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to what? Stand. Stand. I want to tell you something. Nobody is going to be able to preserve you and keep you except God's power. And it's up to us individually whether or not we decide to put on the armor that God's provided for us and stand and having done all to stand and let God move on our behalf and move for us as individuals. Can you say amen? See, faithfulness brings God's blessings up on our life. Faithfulness to the Lord. And you know, I, I'm just... I. I'm not, I'm not preaching to the choir this morning. <laughs> I'm preaching to everybody. But we, we have a responsibility. If God's gifted you with a gifting, we need to put it in God's hands and let God use it for the glory of the Lord. But you see, what happens is, people listen to the lies of the enemy. We let, we let, you know, we let, the devil says, well, who are you, Brother Hass? I mean, who do you think you are? You know, who are you? Uh, who, what, who makes you think you can do anything? Well, it doesn't matter what the devil says. He can do it because God said do it. He may not do it just like I do. I may not do it just like he does. Nobody else may do it like we do, you know. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. God 
is behind it all, and God's gifting and God's anointing is what's... That's the whole difference right there. The anointing of God. I don't want to ever lose the anointing. I don't want to lose the presence of God. David, king of kings, king of, the, king of Israel, one of the most talked about kings there probably is in the Bible. King David slew the giant. Five smooth stones and only took one to fail that giant. David killed his ten thousands. Saul his thousands. And I don't know if David, you know, I think they probably a little bit, there might have been a little bit of tendency to get prideful of that. Because everybody was praising him. Praising him and in, in the ears of Saul. And Saul was getting jealous. Saul finally went after him to try to kill him. David, he survived all of that. He learned some things. Then he became king. And in the midst of his kingship, when the kings were supposed to go out to war, David stayed behind. And stayed at home. He did, he wasn't standing in his place. He wasn't standing in his place as the king of Israel. And because of that, he was tempted. He subdued to it. Sin came. A baby was born. A baby died. The father, the husband of the, uh, of the woman he had the affair with was put on the front line so he would be killed. David did all of this and covered it up for 24 months or more. Till a prophet came in one day and gave a riddle. David gave the answer and the prophet just said, David, thou art that man. And something pierced David's heart that day. You see, David was a man of God. He was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And when all of that transpired and took place, see, all the giftings, all of the special gift and anointing, listen, it wasn't going to get him through. The only thing that was going to get him through was the presence of God. And David reached beyond Calvary. Because according to the law, David should have been stoned for the sin that he committed. But he reached beyond the law and reached into the eons of time when Jesus redeemed man with his blood and redeemed us from all of this. And David, and David he cried unto the Lord. He said, Lord, I have sinned against thee and thee only. I have sinned. Not, well, if those people hadn't pushed me, I wouldn't have done that, you know. Or, or, or Lord, if you gave me the right woman, I would have been better. Or, 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 you know, if you gave me the right husband, I'd be better. No, 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 no. David said, I have sinned against thee, and only against thee have I sinned. And you know what he said? He didn't say, don't take my kingship from me. Don't take my gold from me. Don't take my Mercedes from me. You know, don't take all these big things I've got from me. He said, but Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. 
The presence of God was more important to David than anything that he could have. And I want to tell you something today. If we want to see God move in our lives and in our family's lives, we're going to have to come to that place where we humble ourselves and say, Lord, I want to stand in that place. I want to stand in my place. You know, start by standing as a husband. Start by standing as a man or a woman or a wife. Start standing in that place that you should be standing because you see, this is what God's saying to do. David, he stood in his place and God forgave him. He reached through the eons of time and received the grace of God. God's How many glad for the grace of God today? Oh, I tell you, if it wasn't for God's grace, wouldn't none of us be sitting here. If it wasn't for God's grace, none of us would even have made it. We've all, we've all had our challenges. We've all had our times of, of, uh, uh, of opportunity to, to miss God and, and to follow after the flesh rather than the thing. We've all had our opportunities. But I want to tell you something, because of God's grace and us recognizing, without you, Lord, I'm nothing. Without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I have to have you. I need you in my life. I need your power. I need your spirit. I want to tell you something. I need God more than I need anything. I I need God more than I need money. I need God more than I need a good car. I need God more than I need all the best, best reputation I can get. I need God. God is what we need. And we need the presence of the Lord. But I want to tell you something. God's got something for us all to do. Every one of us. Every one of us. I tell you, I, I'm not, I'm not preaching down on us. I'm, I want to lift you up because God's put something in each one of us that's important to this body. You're important to this body. You're important to the body of Christ. We're important to the church of, of Aubrey, Texas. <laughs> you know, there's one church in Aubrey. There may be different buildings with different people meeting in them, but there's only one church of Aubrey. That's the born again believers. Amen? That, that, that's it. Just one, one, one body of believers that believe. But we happen to be part of this body, this particular body. Others be, are part of another particular body. But because, wherever we are, we have to say, yes, Lord, I receive, I believe, and I'm going to be what you want me. I'm going to stand in my place. I'm going to stand faithful. I'm going to stand true. I, I'm going to stand. Listen, before you can have the anointing, you've got to get, you've got to get in that position with the Lord. Before that anointing can flow, you got to get in that position with God, and you got to get in that commission of humility, that co- that condition of, of 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 meekness, that commission of uh, humbling yourself before the, before the Lord, and say, Lord, I am nothing without you. I need you. And listen, you know what's going to happen once you get in that position where you stand with God. You're going to realize you ain't got nothing bad to say about nobody. <laughs> Because God's with you. God's going to keep you. God's going to use you. Amen. How many glad you can be part of the family of God this morning? Amen. Amen. Stand in our place. Stand in our place. Let's stand in our place that God's called us to. You know, as we stand in our place, God's going to do something. Amen. Let's just stand up before the Lord for just a moment. Praise God. Amen. Just let God do something big in our life right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Oh, as I walk through that door, I sense His presence. And I knew this was a place where love abounds. For this is the temple. Jehovah God, He abides here. And we are standing in His presence on holy ground. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and sing it together. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing. In His presence on holy ground. Oh, in His presence there is joy beyond all measure. And in His feet Peace of mind can still be found. If you have a need, I know He has the answer. Reach out and claim it. For we're standing on holy ground. Lift your hand and just sing it to the Lord this morning. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. For we are standing in His presence on holy ground. Every head bowed for just a moment. Nobody's looking, but... If you don't just put your hand up, put it right back down, say, Brother Clarence, I need God's assistance. I need His help. I need His guidance and anointing in my life so I can be what He's called me to be. I, I want you to slip it up, put it right back down. We're just, nobody's looking. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God knows our heart. God knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly where we're standing right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Well, just lift your hands and thank God together today. Thank God together today. Oh, we glorify you. We glorify you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. One more time. We are standing on holy ground. That there are angels all around. Let us pray. Jesus now We are standing In His presence On holy ground Now, let's just make a bold proclamation to the devil Say, devil Say it out loud, devil You're a liar I don't belong to you I'm not going to listen to you I'm going to do what God says. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. I can be what God says I can be. Because He's in me. His grace is alive in me. And I will take my stand. Say it out loud. I'll take my stand against you. And I proclaim total victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, give the Lord a hand and praise Him. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah.